Hello, hello everyone. This is Heather. This is Kara. And you're listening to I'm Not Complaining. I'm just asking. It's our podcast. Welcome everyone. Well, as you could probably tell, there's a chill in the air. There's crunchy leaves on the ground. Pumpkins have begun to appear in patches on porches. That's right. It's October, which means it is time for Halloween. All Hallows Eve. <laughs> is it time for the solstice? Ooh, spooky. And uh, pumpkin spice invades every possible drink or food product. The PSL is coming for you. Oh, God. I have to tell you, when I first st- saw the anacronym that you just said, you know, on the Instas and the socias, socials, social media, I saw hashtag PSL. I had no idea what they were talking about. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I there's there's times where I feel as though to feel more like fall or get into the fall spirit, you gotta at least have something pumpkin esque. Um, whether that's the PSL or pumpkin spice latte, or maybe something with caramel or caramel, you know. Heather, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that you have, as of recent, within the last couple of years, become allergic to pumpkins or pumpkin flavor. All right, guys, buckle up because this is going to be so interesting for you. I'm sure you've just been waiting to ask, do you have any food allergies? Yes, I do. Kara's correct. Um, I, my entire life, I had only enjoyed one kind (laughs) of pie. One kind of pie my entire life. And that pie was pumpkin pie. Now that would be 10% pumpkin pie, 90% whipped cream. But still, pumpkin pie nonetheless. Anyhoozle. Cut to a couple years ago, as Kara said. Now, we had purchased pumpkins, carved them, gutted them, had all the slimy stuff in a bowl, had the seed, and started separating the seeds. Because, as you know, one of people's favorite part of carving the pumpkin is you can extract the pumpkin seeds, you clean them, dry them off, you put a, a mix of spices, and you bake them in the oven, and they're very crunchy and flavorful. They're like, you know, autumn's trail mix, you know? Very, people enjoy that. Anywho, my throat starts to close up. In addition to that, your hands and your arms were covered in hives from digging into the gourd and the innards of said pumpkin when we were carving jack-o'-lanterns. 
And I started popping the pumpkin, cooked pumpkin seeds, and we were crunching away. And I started feeling, hmm, oh, throat's a little scratchy. And then I started coughing, and like my throat was closing up. I was like, and it, you know, last I got in a coughing fit, and I was like, wow, that was scary. Drink some water. You would probably help this if I ate some more pumpkin seeds. And so I started eating the pumpkin seeds again, and the exact same thing happened. Anaphylaxis. And I was like, and then I, that's, at this point, we looked at my arms where I was covered in hives. I was like, hmm. <laughs> the pieces of the puzzle are finally falling into place. And yeah, so cut to, yes, I am uh, now officially allergic to pumpkin. All pumpkin flavor and um, touching pumpkins, apparently. Again, I say that you have to be officially in the mood for fall because we live in a part of the country where we don't really have seasons. So you have to choose to become part of that season. And there are people that I know that love fall that love fall holidays. And I'm not necessarily talking about like Christmas. That's a winter holiday. I'm talking about fall that there are some people, as soon as it changes over from September to October, I mean, they've got the PSL, they've got their Halloween shirt, they've got skeletons and, and that's great. And that's fantastic. Um, for us in Southern California, we we ride a little bit different because we don't really have the changing of the leaves. Uh, we don't really have the changing of the weather all that much because some of our hottest months in Southern California are officially during the fall season. <laughs> right. And it, like today, while we're recording this podcast, it's what, 82? Mm-hmm. 83? It's a bit ridiculous to be talking about, ooh, there's a little nip in the air and it's chilly. You know, I I also make the argument that a on-ice PSL is disgusting. Oh, my. It has to be hot. It, you got to get the whipped cream on the top. It's got to be extra hot. But at that point, you might as well just eat a candy bar because even a small or a tall PSL. I mean, you're talking like half your day's calories in one cup, in one shot. Right. And it's it's like syrup. Which it's heavy. I am all in on caramel or caramel syrup in normal coffee. I'm all in. But that's me year round. So. Right. You are normally a flavor coffee person specifically caramel or caramel and then do you get the salted caramel no why would i do that are you about the werther's oh candy werther's original the old person candy i love it and there's a werther's original that has soft centered soft center that's a caramel and coffee um i'll say drop because that's, you know, it's a little nugget in the gold wrapper. It's so good. I have 
I have in the past purchased a small bag of Warthers from the dollar store and you get like 20 in a bag and I have put that in the bottom of my coffee cup and then I've poured wow. the hot boiling hot magma coffee onto it and that has actually that's like a poor man's like pumpkin spice latte hey were there's originals legit that's a name brand i wouldn't say that's a poor man's anything well it's because a pumpkin spice latte is gonna at, at minimum run you about I don't know, four four dollars for four thirty five. Well, I wouldn't think that a Werther's original would take the place of a no. It's just spice. it's just the it's just the coffee flavor. Um, so fall. I enjoy fall holidays. I do. I think it's really fun to be able to dress up and have fall activities and Halloween time and spooky. I'm not really a big fan of scary movies but i am a big fan of getting together putting on a cool costume and and seeing other people wear interesting and creative costumes because it's like comic con and how there's a masquerade and this is just another level that i think people you have to be a specific type of person to really get into it. And if you're not into it, it's fine. It's okay. You can be yourself and wear the shirt that says, this is my Halloween costume. Or you could put on um, a name tag that says, hi, I'm Bob. And you could be, you know, someone from the office. Uh, or you could be someone from office space and carry around a red stapler. Um Yes, we're very lucky in the fact that we live in a place, we live in San Diego, which of course is the epicenter of Comic-Con, which is ho essentially Halloween in the summertime. Um, it's encouraged to dress up. Um, so for us, it's really cool because we get to have Halloween twice a year, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um and for Comic-Con, it being in July, you know it's going to be 80 degrees or more. So you can plan accordingly to the weather. Um, and at the same time, like Kara said, in October here, it's also extremely hot. So it just depends on what... Uh, but. It, but it does get cold at night Sometimes in October. on the occasion... It has rained. Oh, it's the worst. Heather has a has a, sto a story from when she was a child of when she was stuck in the rain in another city. Oh my gosh, we were in Seattle. It rains in Seattle. Please tell us more. Yes, it does. So I was in Seattle with my mom on Halloween, and it was pouring as it does in seattle it's kind of what they're known for other than throwing fish at a marketplace and being the birthplace of starbucks rain is right at the top of the list um so i am wearing i'm little gosh maybe i was six years old i am wearing a full floor length gown 
and I am a fairy princess. And when are you not, by the way? Well, you dress for the job you want. So, floor-length gown made out of layers upon layers of tulle um, skirts. So it's very puffy, very big. And, you know, what happens when it rains? It gets muddy. So it was just a disaster. And, of course, we don't know anybody. Uh, we know very few people there. And so the people we were staying with were like, oh, well, what we do is because, obviously, it's raining. We can usually predict that that's going to happen. Uh, we usually take the kids to the indoor mall. And you go from shop to shop. And that's how you trick or treat. So that's how I... Did it? I don't really remember the actual going of to store to store and what treats was there. Um, I don't remember having a bad time. Uh, I actually do remember there was a person at a shop who was wearing, um, most of the people were dressed up. I do remember a person wearing um, a wig that was made completely out of metallic, um, shiny aqua metallic streamers like a futuristic robot kind of thing that was that was pretty cool that was impressive to me as a six-year-old wasn't wearing anything else on the costume but just that wig and i like putting in the effort so in in southern california and especially in san diego because there's so many neighborhoods mm -hmm. that are known for great trick-or-treating that the suburbs and the the small little communities that we live in um there's a lot of really great trick-or-treating spots and so when we were kids we had a core group of what do you think at least maybe 15 or 20 yes that we were all roughly around the same age and we would always have a huge Halloween party and bob for apples and, and carve pumpkins and we would go trick-or-treating and we would go on a scavenger hunt. Yes. And that is probably some of my favorite memories because you you know as a child, you know the houses in your neighborhood that are going to give out the best candy and then there are the neighborhoods that you know, king-size candy bars. Or yes. that they give out little, like, toys and things like that. Yes. There's defi uh, definitely, like, what you would imagine, like, a cul-de-sac. Correct. Uh, a wealthy neighborhood, um, you know, where there's not a lot of traffic, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, where It's well-lit. Like, well-lit. Um, Almost all of the houses in the neighborhoods are decorated over the top for Halloween. There might even be some neighborhood kind of kid-friendly haunted houses where they have little graveyards and maybe their porch has stuff that kind of goes, ooh, and it spooks you a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also so many great Halloween activities for adults also in Southern California. So the events in San Diego for Halloween, I think are on par with a lot of other areas in the country um, that we are actually famous 
for the Haunted Hotel? So the Haunted Hotel is a, a company that um, really knows what it's doing in the scare department. They have several different sites around San Diego. Um, they have the Haunted Hotel. They have the Haunted Trail, which is in Balboa Park. Um, they have the Del Mar Scare Grounds. And I think, I'm not 100% sure, I think they also have something called the Haunted Hayride. Um, That's possible. But I don't I don't, I don't know where that is. My guess would be perhaps it is located near Bates Nut Farm. Which is also a, a huge uh, pumpkin patch that we had gone to as kids. I think everyone in San Diego at one point in their lives has gone to Bates Nut Farm. We've even purchased abnormally, obscenely large pumpkins uh, which, by the way, if you purchase a very, very large pumpkin, make sure you roll it inside your house during the nighttime when you can't keep an eye on it because it'll be gone the next morning. Yeah, people, uh, the night of Halloween uh, into the wee hours, um, go around gra- grabbing pumpkins off people's porches and smashing them over fire hydrants. Which, I guess, on the list of you know shenanigans uh, shenanigans chicanery um what have you um it's pretty low on um the mania scale but it's just kids having fun <laughs> it's just part of the trick or until, until the fireman has to come yes, and but, clean it but yeah. the haunted hotel company the company that runs that event they do such a fantastic job. They're really great. I uh, actually worked at the Haunted Hotel for one uh, season, season, if you will. Um, Weren't you Carrie? Yes, I was the uh, from the F- Stephen King novel slash film, uh, Car- the bloodstained prom queen Carrie. I wore a satin. Prom, floor length prom dress again floor length prom, prom dress and they're like okay so you obviously need to be covered with blood and i was like okay and they got the you know the glycerin the food coloring it was a you know straight out of the bottle uh prop blood and i assumed i would be getting a wig for them to when they dumped the bucket on me and they're like well no you have blonde hair so and it's long so why would we bother buying a wig and i was like oh okay now if you've never had fake glycerin stage blood dumped over your head i don't recommend it especially if you have blonde hair um yeah, as you would guess, it's food color. It stains everything. Right. Which, of course, was the point was to stain the dress, but I still say I. Why couldn't I have a wig? I would have paid. I would have gone out and bought, purchased and paid for a wig myself. I just was not told that that was something I would need to do should I want to do it. Again, these guys are great. They are all about authenticity. It was important to them that it looked like the movie. So respect to that. 
But um, yeah, that wasn't the most fun for me. People planning ahead. And you could plan ahead because spirit Halloween stores are everywhere. They take over that, that empty space oh. and they have the Halloween displays. They have every costume. You know, shout out to, to Spirit. So last year, I needed uh, a teacher-friendly Halloween costume. So we go to Spirit and walk down the aisles. And what can I teach in and lecture in? And that is also appropriate for high school. And I was an astronaut and I was so excited. It's great. It's the classic astronaut. Uh, and it's got the, the belts and the straps that I could tuck the spacesuit into um, a, a black pair of boots. And they even had the helmet and the hat and, and the space gloves. It, it was great. Lots of different options. You can do be anything and everything. Uh, spirit. Oh, I thought you were going to go through the different astronaut options. No, I don't think we need to. The jumpsuits. There's so many different kinds. Right. Yeah, but I appreciate that Spirit is the place. If you want a... They definitely have all of the trendy and classic... Going back to Comic-Con, I feel like Comic-Con is all about the now, the trend, what's happening in entertainment at that moment. Um, so it's kind of hard to plan your Comic-Con costume too far in advance if that's what your vibe is, is that you want to have your finger on the pulse. Um, Halloween, I feel like there's a little bit more leeway um, to be not as on trend you can go classic um you can do anything that has happened within that year or even the last halloween kind of i enjoy the group costume yes not so much the couple's costume that's kind of hard to pull off but the group costume the last really great group costume that i saw was cool runnings and they had the actual leotards, and they had the helmets, too, and they were the Jamaican bobsled team. And didn't they have a friend who dressed up as John Candy? Yes, they did. Yeah. It was the whole, it was everything. They had it all. They had it all. And they, again, they knew exactly what they wanted to be and said, look, we have the right number of people. Yeah. And we have a friend who's willing to put on a fat suit. And a wig. And a Hawaiian shirt. And a Hawaiian shirt. And God bless him, you know? It's I, so great. It's great. And I really appreciate the group effort. Yeah. Because getting everybody to oh. buy in, and that I really mean that, buy in. Because you have to invest in, in pulling off a great group. Everyone has to have the same level of commitment. Yes. Because you can't have one person that's like, eh, I'll half it. That's the worst because then when you look at the pictures, you're like, are you, did you get added in last minute or were you part of this the whole time? Yes. Or did somebody drop out and then you had to find someone else to replace them? And oh. this is, and this is what I'll say to that point. If you've been invited to be part of a group costume and you, when you get that invitation and you know, 
that you don't feel comfortable and you don't like let this, know. Let, let them know. know. Let them know. Be it's like, okay. you know, I don't really feel comfortable dressing up. I'll wear black jeans and I'll wear a skeleton shirt. You know, I'll, I'll pop over to Target or Walmart and grab, you know, something off the front rack that's Halloween-esque. And that's fine because the whole point is to have fun. And if you're uncomfortable, you're not going to... Nobody's going to have fun. Also, I, speaking of being uncomfortable, if your costume is not comfortable when you try it on, imagine having to get in a car, get out of a car, you know, you're walking around at a party or you're tagging along with your friends who have children who are <laughs> going to be trick-or-treating and you know you're going to be walking. If your costume is not comfortable... Or if something is rubbing under your armpits or at your neck, if it's bothering you when you are standing, it's not going to last. And you're right. gonna, you're not going to have, you're going to have a bad time. Comfortable shoes are number one mm-hmm. on the list. And I understand that shoes are part of the costume, are part of the look. But honestly, you don't have to have your feet in the photograph. You just don't. Guess what? Just ask Kara to take the pictures because I'll always cut your feet off in the photos. That's what I'm known for. Oh, gosh. But, um, yeah, don't worry about the shoes so much. The look, I mean. Worry about comfort. That's what I would say. Heather and I have, have a few favorite costumes that we've worn in the past that for the Throwback Thursday during... October, and if you've been looking at the gram, you might have seen it. Um, when I, when Heather and I were fairly young, and I was probably what four or five years old, I was the same size as a large stuffed whale that we took the stuffing out of and cut the feet, and I was in the mouth of a killer whale, and Heather was the whale trainer. So Heather wore a neon-colored wetsuit and had stuck a SeaWorld trainer's patch on the wetsuit. And she was training me, the killer whale, and I was the killer whale walking around. And it was great. Oh, my gosh. It was so fantastic. So what we live near SeaWorld. And uh, SeaWorld at the time had carnival games uh ring toss pop the balloon all that kind of thing where you could win prizes shout out captain kids world oh amazing um so what happens like at most fairs and carnival games people get so excited trying to win the big stuffed animal prize um so someone had won a giant shamu killer whale stuffed animal and they'd got home and they're like i don't need this in my life and so they had set it out on the curb again next to the fire hydrant luckily there was not covered at pumpkin at the time someone had just left i mean this it was brand new with tags and we happened to go outside and it was just sitting there and we're like oh my gosh kara i think you're as tall as this toy and so we just very surgically and carefully cut it at all the right seams and it 
It was perfect. It was so amazing. We just cut cut the seaming on the bottom on the tail and the mouth, and it just whoop just slipped over me like a hot dog costume. Yeah, Ta-da. yeah. I was shampoo. and we we well we and then we so put a lining in so that it would stay puffy. You know where it w- <laughs> right. was supposed to be puffy. It was like a helmet. You would yeah. see my eyes through the open mouth. Yes. It's so great. Heather and I were also uh, Dr. Evil and Austin Powers. Yes, we were. That and was so fun. That was, a, that was a fantastic one. I had a bald cap and the scar and had gone to Goodwill and bought a gray suit yes. that we tailored. And By I had using a, staples. Staples. Just which, using a stapler. Yeah, it worked. Great. Worked. And then I had a stuffed white cat. Mm-hmm. And then Heather bought a crushed velvet suit. I mean, it was crazy. We found the gray, gray men's suit, and we found a crimson crushed velvet pant and jacket. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. And then you ha- we also went to Spirit, and you bought a wig. Yes, I did. And I bought a bald cap. And then uh, we had some old crappy sunglasses that we popped the lenses, lenses out so I could, you know, have glasses like Austin Powers. It's great. It was so it's much perfect. fun. Can, you can get as into it or not into it. And the thing is, is that you don't need to spend a no. lot of money. You don't. No. Um, you can get creative. I mean, like I said, we went going to thrift stores mm-hmm. is great. But I will say to you... If you have not done costuming before, and this is your first time trying, I would suggest going to Spirit or a Halloween store first. And get to ideas. get ideas. Correct. And if the, if the idea you have is all the elements are too expensive, in your head, what alternatives would work for me to get this same look? And then make a list. Um, and then go to some thrift stores and see what you can find. And P.S. Thrift stores have gotten really smart, and they will. Some of them will hold all their Halloween costumes until October, and they will put them all out in a cluster so that people can get it's a costume. This, it's the same thing that they do with the ugly Christmas sweaters. Yes, they hold on to the ugly Christmas sweaters and and hol- holiday theme decor mm-hmm. and costuming for the, the specific time and and they should yeah it's they great should. they should and and uh, i yeah. i am very thankful for a lot of the organization that goodwill and thrift stores do because i have had to purchase said last minute costumes or holiday decor for work or uh, a party and some people are of, well, I can't wear the same costume to to two different parties. Which I disagree. If, you, if, you, if you've worked on a costume, wear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You worked hard. Yeah. Celebrate I, good times. I was Jasmine one year, and I got the dress, the green, bejeweled, bedazzled dress from it was, Goodwill. It was a prom dress. That someone had donated and all I, I bought the, I already had the crown from Disneyland that was Jasmine themed and guess what? Jasmine. Yeah. It's $3. Great. Can't beat it. It's great. I got uh, a wedding dress 
uh, from the Goodwill, and I was the corpse bride. You just never know what you're going to find. So let's go ahead and talk about how how did we get Halloween? How and it's All Hallows Eve. Um, it the first Halloween was actually called Samhain, and this dates back to Celtic, um, ancient Celtic traditions. Uh, it's the festival of Samhain from Ireland and Scotland. And Samhain is typically celebrated at the end of October. It's marked at the end of summer. It's the end of harvest and the beginning of the dark and cold winter. And this is the time of year that it's often associated with death. The changing of the leaves, the changing of the season. And when the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurry. Ooh, spooky. And so to commemorate this event, uh, the Druids and Celts of Britain and Ireland uh, built huge sacred bonfires where people would gather. They would burn crops. Uh, there would be animal sacrifices. Ooh. And then during the celebration, um, the Celtics would wear costumes and masks typically consisting of animal heads and skins hmm. we also have uh, bobbing for apples bobbing for apples actually came um, from ancient roman times uh, which was honoring the greek god pomona and pomona was the roman goddess of fruit and trees for the harvest season oh apple picking also uh, Roman Catholic Church introduced November 1st, which is All Saints Day, and that's a time to honor saints and martyrs. And it's a widely believed today um, that this was an attempt to replace the Celtic Festival of the Dead um, by the Roman Catholic Church. And All Hallows Day, or All Hallows Eve, which is now shortened to Halloween. And that is also when the veil between the living and the dead is at its thinnest. And that's why people like to do seances and things like that on Hollow's Eve uh, to make contact with the spirits on the other side. Trick-or-treating uh, comes also from Irish and English traditions, and Americans began to dress up in costumes and go from house to house asking for food and money, um, which actually turned into a fun, loving practice known as trick-or-treating. <laughs> and so um, trick-or-treating became a holiday more about community and neighborly get-togethers uh, rather than about ghosts pranks, and witchcraft. And parents were encouraged by newspapers and community leaders back in the turn of the century to take uh, anything frightening and grotesque out of Halloween celebrations as to try to make it more family and fun friendly. People loving to get into the Halloween spirit. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, Halloween traditions, the actual trick-or-treating, when people would say trick-or-treat, if people did not give uh, certain children treats, they would actually steal 
people's gates from their fences. And so that's how people in the community knew that those people were sticks in the mud because they didn't actively participate. And so children and teenagers would actually steal their gate. And that was a symbol to the community that they weren't participating. I don't like that at all. If I didn't feel like giving out candy or participating, and then I came outside and someone stole my gate, I'd be pissed. And I think that plays into this whole idea of people being booed. Right. But that, but being booed is kind of similar to Secret Santa. Mm -hmm. Um, So the modern day phenomenon of you've been booed, uh, that consists of dropping a gift pack a gift basket onto your friend or neighbor's porch and it'll have treats or gifts or something holiday themed um on their porch and it's like a ding dong dash mixed in as well and then just like secret santa you're supposed to pass it on and do it to someone else. I mean, it's fine. It's harmless. It's fun. People seem to enjoy it. I remember years ago, I was walking my dogs um, in the neighborhood, and I saw a person, a car pull up, a person jumped out, holding a gift basket, ran and placed it on someone's porch, rang the doorbell, jumped back in the car, and drove away. And I was so confused as to what's going on and the person came out and was like huh what and then looked down and saw a basket and was so excited and screamed into the house hey everybody we've been booed and everyone was so excited so mission accomplished i was not in the know but i know now choose to participate or not participate i feel like it's up to you at what capacity you want to participate in you can wear a costume. You can not wear a costume. Um, the one thing that I would say about Halloween, I I enjoy dressing up. I enjoy getting together with your friends and hanging out and having a good time. Maybe even going to a fun, spooky house. I am not about the scary movies. I don't like them. I don't like being scared. I don't like things jumping out at me. And I think I've mentioned before where people know that I'm a jumpy person. Scream movies? No, thank you. The Saw movies? No, thank you. No! Absolutely not. Amityville Horror? No. Again, Ryan Reynolds, love you, but no, thank you. Okay. Well, it, it was an older movie before I know, that. I know. But I tried to watch it, the one with Ryan Reynolds, because <laughs> I had Ryan Reynolds, and I was just like, no. Any of the zombie movies? No. No, no I'm not watching zombie movies. But I'm not I watching do, zombie TV shows, but no. I have seen, like, the old classic films, so, like, the original Frankenstein, or The Creature from the Black Lagoon, or... Bride of Frankenstein. Those are all... I've even seen the original Psycho. And for what it is, 
well, like Alfred Hitchcock how uh, what's her name that was Janet Lee yes uh, when they're doing the the psycho scene in in the shower that she actually was hit with freezing cold water and that's why she screamed like that yeah um, but camera angles uh, chocolate syrup chocolate syrup stuff like that I don't like the modern scary slasher films no like Halloween you know Michael Myers and you have Jason you have Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. uh The Ring I just know but they- but people love that they wouldn't keep making them if people didn't love it but I it's not for me yeah the old school universal studio monster films ah uh, I mean I I suppose at the time they were made they were considered horror. I don't know by modern day standards if they're still would be under the heading of horror. Um, they're, I guess you would consider them camp now. Um, but at the time, they were the first ones to ever do it. Um, they were breaking ground. So from that standpoint, I think it's worth watching because you're literally seeing a genre be born and all these camera techniques being invented. So for that reason, I think they're probably worth watching. There's something about black and white films with the score, Mm -hmm. with with the sound effects um, that are the music and the sound effects and the old timey tight shot on the woman screaming. Mm -hmm. I think there's something to that, but um, I love uh, the the film Young Frankenstein. Yes, with Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks, which of course is an homage to those original films, and also filmed in black and white. Uh, Gene Wilder with his um, eyeliner and his little mustachio is just fantastic. If you're familiar with the TV show Friends. With Joey trying to read The Shining. The Shining and putting it in the freezer. So he would be safe. Yes. That, I have seen The Shining. That is terrifying. I've never seen The Shining film in total because I'm too terrified. It's scary. Which I think is a compliment to everyone involved in the film. I'm... You did such a good job. I can't. And I think there is something to even the, like you said with Young Frankenstein, trying to take a, quote, horror film and make it funny. So they've even done that with not another scream slasher film. I think they call it Scary Movie. Scary Movie. Okay, Scary Movie. Um Maybe the other one is not another teen movie. Uh, it's the same. It's the same people, yeah. people that are making fun parody of parody films. Yeah, the films from the nineteen nineties slash early two thousand. I do not own any horror films or slasher films because I do not enjoy them. No. So we do own. Um, I believe we own. The Wesley Snipes vampire movie Blade. I consider that more of a sci-fi esque 
action film, just like how you could. That's yeah. That, he's a vampire. It's like, but again, you're taking a vampire or you're ta- like Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf is not a horror slasher film. Teen Wolf is he, so great. Oh. Michael J. I do Fox. own that. I do own Teen Wolf. I do own Blade. I do own uh, Daybreakers, which is about modern time vampires. And then there's <clears throat> there's a movie called Wolf, which yes. is Jack Nicholson, uh, James Spader, and Michelle Pfeiffer. And that one's incredible. That's a werewolf movie, um, which, you know, of course, has the transformation to werewolf. But I feel like even though it has some scary parts, the majority of the storyline is not. What's the other one? Is it Lost Boys? Yes. That's with uh, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, Jason Patrick, Diane Wiest. Um, all sorts of, uh, I believe Alex Winter from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is in there. Um, that's great. That is gory. There is gore in that. But, again, I I feel like the storyline. It has vampires, but I don't really think of that as a Halloween film. Unlike Nightmare on Elm Street, which it's like, that's a slasher I think if you were putting together a Halloween movie marathon, you would put that on the list. I think all of the, the movies we mentioned, you could put that on a Halloween marathon What's list. What's that other 80s movie that's has a, I wear my sunglasses that isn't my best friend's a vampire? Gosh. So there's a couple. There are two teenage vampire movies from the late 80s that I can think of. One stars Jim Carrey, which is called Once Bitten. Where Jim Carrey is a high school student who, become, who does, becomes a vampire. And he does almost the identical dance-off that he does in Mask. Yeah. And then there's another film that I believe is called I Was or I Was a Teenage Vampire. Something like that. And that, the star of that, you guys, do you remember a TV show called House? With a very grumpy... British, well, the actor was British, but he didn't Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie, correct. Hugh Laurie's character had a best friend, doctor, who was really, really Hugh's nice. the oncologist. The oncologist. That actor, he played the teenage vampire in his younger days, obviously. So he was the teenage vampire. And he served, he, I forget how he became a vampire, but he became a vampire. It was very much the same vibe as teen wolf he had a best friend that was trying to help him and so the best friend went to a local butcher and somehow was able to buy gallons of pig's blood and kept it in his fridge for his friend so he could survive and not kill people i mean that's that's a friend that's dedication that is a friend i don't remember how the movie ended because i was kind of checked out after that i was like i'm gonna puke but yeah and then there's also of course the twilight series yes you also have true blood no yes it exists but no i'm not a fan of the true blood 
Sorry. Sorry, everyone. I know I I realized due to the popularity, but obviously of the books and the television show that I am in the minority. But that was not for me. But those those are as a book series and then became HBO. Yes. So those aren't really movies. Whereas Twilight's right. a book and then movies. You're right. If we're talking about TV shows, as a whole, you could go down a whole nut. You could go with. The Vampire Diaries. You can go with Grimm. You could go with... Well, now we enjoy the TV show Grimm. Yes. I, which, own, I own that on DVD. Which, at times, is horribly gruesome. Mm-hmm. Awful. Yes. But they have a good storyline. And I close my eyes. You can kind of tell they give you clues that something's going to jump out at you, so you can cover your eyes. And then my favorite TV show, which is coming to an end, and I'm really sad about it after 15 years, is Supernatural. Yes. I never got into it, but I know you enjoy it. I own all of the DVDs, all of the seasons. Maybe even group in, like, American Horror Story. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that. But what I'm saying is that... Which I've seen the commercials and they look like they do a fantastic job. They always get amazing actors. The costumes are incredible. But I'm not I'm not going to watch that. It's too scary. But what I'm saying is that is a huge market because people love to be either A, scared, or people are obsessed with Halloween. Mm-hmm. And they love Halloween and they want to experience it all year yeah, before we move on from the scary movies, when we were getting, we were writing down ideas for this podcast episode, I said to Kara, oh my gosh, like a couple years ago, there was a movie that came out starring Aaron Eckhart, where he played Frankenstein, and you had no clue what I was talking no, about. No, I don't. So I looked it up, and it's from the year 2014. Okay. So not too far in the past. I feel like that was a busy year for me, but okay. And the title of the film is I, comma, Frankenstein. Okay. Still not helping me. Is this at the same time as Van Helsing? Which it's made by the same people who made Underworld. Oh. So I went and I looked up the trailer to refresh my memory and you guys, the trailer was even more fantastically just a beautiful train wreck, even more than I had remembered. When I, I remember vividly, the year was 2014, and it was Halloween time, and they released the trailer, Aaron Eckhart starring as Frankenstein. It is, do yourself a favor and Google the official trailer. It's still up. The movie company still has it posted on their official channel. Did the film actually come out or did they film it, put it in the can, release the the trailer, oh, no. and then they said, oh, this was they a had terrible full, idea? They had full faith in it. Full oh, faith okay. in it. And it has to be the same people that made Van Helsing because the Van Helsing, again, I've only seen the trailer, was very big into making the fl- the women that had the big wings that flew around 
they have very similar creatures in the trailer mm. uh, of this film. This trailer is the most bananas thing you have ever seen. And I had to look it up. I go, when was Aaron Eckhart in The Dark Knight Rises as Harvey Dent? And that Who was then it. becomes Two-Face. Correct. So that happened in 2008. Yes. So jump it forward in time to 2014, and they have gone full force into making Aaron Eckhart. This is his time to become Frankenstein, the sexy, no, undead. Why? Superhero. Wait, 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 wait. At what point in time, I have read, as I've said, do yourself a favor, if you've never read Mary Shelley, 18-year-old, drugged out, opioid, dreamscape of of what Frankenstein is when she wrote it when she was 18 years old in the cabin with her then-time husband and group of friends. Um, at no point in time was Frankenstein ever a heartthrob or a hero he was always a very grotesque or misunderstood creature slash man slash troubled individual that was brought back to life and if we're talking about Young Frankenstein comedy with Gene Wilder. The reanimation of dead tissue. With an abnormal brain. A.K.A. an abnormal brain. At no point has Frankenstein... You're telling me... In I, Frankenstein... 2014. Harvey Dent... Is supposed to be a heartthrob Frankenstein slash superhero crime fighter? So. In what world? Who. If I could be. If I could be the person who is receiving the pitch of this in Hollywood that goes, well, I'll give you points for originality. I don't know. Now, all I have. The only information I have is what I saw. In the two-minute trailer. Which, by the way, the trailer, the people who made the trailer did a fantastic job. They did their job. Um, Visually, it's, you know, done very well. But there's just no saving it. Now, perhaps this storyline is based on a comic book. Maybe it's based on... uh, Fan fiction? Fan fiction. Someone's fever dream. I don't know, but yes, what you said is 100% correct. And the other thing is, the monster, his name's not Frankenstein. Well, then why is it called I, Frankenstein? Frankenstein's the name of the doctor, and the creature is the creature or the monster. So right off the bat, when you see the title, I, Frankenstein, it's like, what? You mean Frankenstein. Right. I'm like, so first off, I'm very confused. And then we have the voiceover of Aaron Eckhart. And it's all dark. As you would suspect, it's very filtered. It's dark. There's, you know, lots of shadows, mood lighting. It's at night. Of course. 
great cobblestone streets, gothic architecture, but we are in modern times. We're not in the old days. It's now. And you see a tall, dark figure stalking down a dimly lit street. And we hear the voiceover of Aaron Eckhart, and he's going to tell you his story. It's like, all right. And he goes, and so he tells us he has been, has existed. I don't believe he uses the word lives, but he has existed for over two hundred years and i'm like what so the 1800s bro to me when someone says they're a creature and they've lived over 200 years i feel like that's vampire territory but i feel as though vampires are either super super old or they're new right like there's no in between right vampires are even if we're going back to like Interview with the vampire. Oh my gosh, interview if we're with going the vampire. In, if Come we're going, on with it. If we're going, oh. like, interview with the vampire, or um, the the books are by... Um, Anne Rice. Anne Rice. These, you have the originators, and that's even with the newer vampire films, do you have a, a set of vampires that are centuries and centuries old from, like... Roman times or before. There would be like Vlad the Impaler. Right. Dracula. Right. So so you have in no even Nosferatu, you know, mm-hmm. you they're hundreds and hundreds, if not a thousand years old. When you have a creature that now apparently has been awakened mm-hmm. and they're like two hundred years old. I'll I'll be honest. I don't I don't think you would make it in modern times. Whereas if you're turned at the turn of the century, and then you were part of all this modern modernization, whether it be in Europe or in the United States, and you get to kind of experience that, I feel you would be more well adapt. But again, this is from pulling from historical artifacts and actual history, and then also with fiction and fictional characters and then books and then film and individual interpretations what you're telling me just seems off and this is the this dare, is the first, dare, I, dare i say unrealistic <laughs> this is the first 10 seconds of the trailer no, okay come okay on. so he's so the figure is stalking towards us the voiceover in a very gravelly voice says I've existed for 200 years you know and he and he kind of sets up who his enemies are and then we he finally comes out of the shadows and it is Aaron Eckhart in a dust floor length duster trench and just a slick outfit right modern day haircut and just the slightest hint of a faded scar across his face full miami beach tan okay so if you're dead made of dead tissue i'm going to tell you this right now there's no amount of mederma that you could use 
Maybe he had some, you know, I don't know, some laser treatment, some some plastic surgery to help him out. Maybe some fake tanner, but I'm pretty sure if you're of the undead, I mean, if you're not a vampire, if, if anything has taught us from vampire lore that when you are turned from human to vampire, you become the best version of yourself at that moment in time. Again, let's talk about an interview with a vampire where if a child is turned into a vampire as a child, they stay locked and frozen at that moment in time. And again, I would say ideal situation like Twilight to there's, there's pros and cons to being turned at a quote young adult stage because you could choose to blend in at a high school level or be in college and be at the peak of your beauty at 18 to 22 and be like, yeah, this is it. And I get to be this until somebody cuts off my head or drives a stake into my heart or, you know, injects me with dead man's blood. Okay. But at no point in time would I ever believe that Frankenstein monster attractive? No. So a werewolf can be attractive because they're only turning into a werewolf at a certain point of time and it's at night when there's a full moon and you usually can lock yourself in a basement or someone can chain you inside of a closet. You know, maybe there's some sort of treatment. We can reference Harry Potter, okay, with the professor. So I don't know. I I don't want to investigate this film any further so, i am i say no thank you so he tells us about his enemies <laughs> i don't care and his then are. he is trying uh, and then another group of supernatural people are trying to recruit frankenstein what? and they say you have this like 10 times the strength of a normal human. And I was like, he's not an ant. He can't lift 50 times his... When... The only reason, to my knowledge, that the original Frankenstein monster was strong was because he was like seven feet tall. Yeah. And he was composed of like all these bulky body parts and he was just a massive human being and just from the his sheer weight he didn't have supernatural powers no and i think it also plays into the fact that his tissue is was from used to be dead tissue that's reanimated i don't believe he feels pain right or fatigue Whereas a normal person would, and also, if we're referencing the original Mary Shelley Frankenstein or the original film from the silent era, yes, the sheer size. And in, in the people that Frankenstein's monster does attack or accidentally chokes, you know, chokes um, is a child and or a woman who are, quote, seen at the culture of the time as weak. Right. And then the townspeople have to become an angry mob with pitchforks. I I just... They show him 
Matrix-style kung fu fighting. No, they don't. Yes. Trench coat swinging John Woo style. And I'm like, what? And of course, why is he fighting? He's saving a beautiful young woman who just happens to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And then Ninja Turtle, April O'Neil style, they go back to her place. And of course, he's gotten wounded in battle. So what's he going to do? He's going to drop the trench, take off the shirt to reveal, now we see scars, multiple scars which still has visible stitching what by the way so that means he doesn't heal which is on top of a torso that i can only equate to brad pitt fight club it's shocking you're like what (laughs) when does frankenstein Frankenstein monster have the time to go to CrossFit. You know, he's paying for a membership. Also, in the CrossFit he, doesn't work out he, at night. I'm pretty sure that Frankenstein's monster isn't on a high protein, low carb <laughs> diet. He's just low searching the countryside for chicken breasts. That, that I gotta get that protein that's in there. Stainless too. Oh God, it's just maybe. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, the only the only creatures that have super strength are vampires, werewolves, and then the other undead would be zombies. But again, I I I turn that back to, I think they don't feel pain or have fatigue. Yeah. Um. Again, you could go into the zombie thing about how over time that the types of zombies there's different genres so the night of the end uh the living living dead dead used to be that they would slowly uh, brains Mm -hmm. and then you know they would corner you and then eat your brains by overpowering you but then you're like yeah but if they're slow and weak you can get away from them or smash them in the head with a hammer Mm -hmm. and then it became had zombies that were able to run with speed and is that, yep. is that Rob's... I am I am legend? Uh it's that's a very complex, complicated I don't Are you talking about World War Z? There's World War Z and then there's the Rob Zombie films, but there's a specific film from the nineteen seventies that completely changed the concept of what zombies are, that they're fast and they will they can smell you and hunt you down and that's like invasion of the body snatchers no anyway i guess those that, that would be aliens anyway it was a fact that they were strong mm. and fast in comparison to historically they were slow moving and mm-hmm. brains and they were dumb uh and then you've got like the whole epidemic 28 days later one which Mm -hmm. is people are infected with a zombie virus that makes people go crazy which is the world war z because are they really zombies or are they just crazy rabid infection that is a virus and then there's the t virus right now i'm just saying that horror films they draw for from some sort of scientific background but back to 
Frankenstein, why would he be at peak optimum conditioning and attractiveness? There's not a lot of people who die of, quote, natural causes or that are going to be ripped and buff after their body has started to decay in the ground. And if he's pieced together, he's not... the, the, The elasticity and the rigidness... I've said muscular structures. Ah, and if he's dead, is he dead? Is is he with it? No, I, I, I There's nothing about no. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I know stars for me. <laughs> Speaking of being at optimum, uh, physical physicality. Uh, you know, about what you're eating. Halloween candy. Yeah. Halloween candy. Why so expensive? Because it's in a different wrapper. Because it's Halloween Because it's fun size. It's... Oh, I love the fun size candy. I do, too. Because- there are people that hate... They have a they have a vendetta against fun size because they say uh, a smaller portion is not fun. How dare you? Well, I would say... They say that a king size should be called a fun size because you're getting more fun. I feel as though that you have to be in the mindset or the mood to eat a king-sized candy bar because you can't eat half of it and try and rewrap it or right. put it in a... In a sandwich, is it's gonna get all hard and stiff. Like if it's a Snickers or a what if? Yeah, what if it has a liquid center that it oozes yeah. and then it oozes out? And I, I, you know, I no, I would say Sni- Snickers is my number one candy. Yeah. Oh gosh, I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the the peanut butter and chocolate, which would be anything of the of the Reese's. But I do enjoy uh, Kit Kats. I do enjoy Twix. I'm not of the effect of the left Twix or right Twix. Can I say before we move on from Reese's Pieces, which do you prefer? The normal size or the bite size? Which do you prefer? Now, are we talking about regular cups? Yes. Or are we talking about Re- Reese's Pieces? No, cups. The cups. Normal cup. Stand the normal aka standard or the bite size. Well, and they cup. also have the thin ones too now, which We're not is talking just larger about, surface yeah. area. We're not talking. And I love the tiny bite size because it's wrapped in foil. It's wrapped in foil. It's not wrapped really in like a wrapper. It's like a it's like a Hershey's Kiss almost. Uh, and again, it's a bite size that you're, you, you're not biting into it. You're just popping it into your mouth like a mini muffin. Mm -hmm. And I would say the mini cups are my favorite. If I'm looking between Reese's Pieces and M&M's, that's going to be hard because then M&M's you can get in a whole wide variety. You can get milk chocolate, dark chocolate, nuts, nuts, crispy, um, I, even though I do love peanut butter and chocolate, I am not a fan, as I've explained before, about nuts in dessert. I am not a fan of chocolate-covered peanuts, which would be 
the peanut M&Ms. I agree. I I do I don't dislike the peanut M&Ms, but I do prefer the original old school just M&M. With the melt in your the, mouth, that in your hand. I uh, more research needs to be done on that because I feel like they melt in your hand pretty quick if you're not on your game, uh, which is why if I, on the rare occasion, if I do have M&Ms, um, I tear open the bag and I, I extract the said M&Ms with a spoon. Especially now, if you don't, if you don't have time to wash your hands. Sure. Yeah. Um, I did get that idea from Seinfeld. The famous Snickers episode where, oh, where George kind of... cuts the Snickers with a knife and a fork. Yeah, what kind of monster are you? And it gives rise to the trend and someone starts eating M&M's with a spoon. And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. I am a big fan of Skittles. I don't like Skittles. Uh, now, there are, again, a different variety of Skittles. There's classic, there's fruity, there's rainbow... There's even zombie ones. I remember a big trend when I was in and in high school was to have a screw top Sprite. And people would flavor their Sprite with Skittles. No. Yes. No. Yeah. Ugh. Hey, it's, a, it's the small things in life. You got to find entertainment at public schools, I okay? Yes. My goodness gracious. That shout out to the ASB store. Um, other candies. Uh, York peppermint patties are good. I feel as though that that is exclusively a. There's no other time in which Christmas. I it's would. More Christmas. No, but there's no other time where I'm walking down the candy aisle, or if I'm looking at candy when I'm checking out, at the grocery store. I'm not going to be picking out the York pepper. Maybe I might go for a payday, though, if we're looking for high protein. Paydays are incredible. A solid chunk of caramel covered in peanuts. I mean. Now, that's a But that's okay for you that you don't like That's a high protein. Okay. That's, I don't really, cons- I know this weird, uh, unpopular opinion. I don't really consider a payday a candy bar because it's mostly nuts. I would say it's pretty even split between caramel and peanut. What about, uh, like a Mars bar? So. Or a Milky Way. Mars bar, Milky Way, Snickers. Baby Ruth. Um, Baby Ruth, Three Musketeers. Tootsie Roll. Nope. You've gone too far. Those, those, what, four, five, are all kind of in the same It's because they're old-timey. You know? I've not eaten enough Baby Ruths to really have an, a very strong opinion. I've never disliked the if Baby Ruth. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm just pulling from memory, and for all you Baby Ruth fans, I apologize. To my memory, a Baby Ruth is a, an... A, ch- a chocolate casing and inside is liquid caramel and perhaps nuts. So when you bite it, it's stringy? Like it's a- yeah, that's what I think a Baby Ruth is. And of course, uh, Snickers is the chocolate casing, nougat, caramel, peanuts. 
man, that's pretty hard to beat. It's pretty hard to beat. And then um, Milky Way is more nougat. It's chocolate. There's no chunks in that. There's no nuts. Three Musketeers is chocolate casing and nougat. End of story. Yeah. Not if I've got those other choices on the table. I'm, I'm going. Then, I'm going Snickers, guys. And then there's then there's the almond joy and mounds. Yes. So mounds is literally just a mound of coconut with the chocolate, whereas almond joy is mounds with a with an almond can with Some, an almond on the top. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes, sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts. Mounds don't. don't. Yeah. I think that's an important slogan for those that may have a nut allergy. Oh, sure. The candy companies know what they're doing, and they are here to help. And there are only a couple main candy companies. And then you could go into, you know, nerds. You could go into sweet And as you said earlier, the Hershey's Kiss. Right, and there's I mean, different types, and then fabulous, you, and then you know, there's different types. There's taffies. Yeah, there's. I'm not into taffy. I'm no, just not. No, I, and so the candy business is so big, and then we haven't talked about the candy corn, the yeah. corn that tastes like candy. It's true. I. I, I mean, I feel like... That's an exclusive Halloween Is it candy. made of fondant? And that would explain why we don't enjoy it. I feel like it's fondant adjacent at the very least. I feel like the candy corn visually is great. I love the look of candy corn. It says Halloween. I like that it's used for decoration on top of a cupcake or, you know, a, a, some sort of pastry dessert situation. Am I going to eat a bowl of candy corn? No. I'm probably not even going to eat the tiny bag that it comes in. No, and that's it's okay. too many because there's like at least six of them. And I'll, it's have like, oh, I'll have one. Maybe two so I can stick it on my my teeth and make vampire candy corn teeth yeah that's about it that's about it and then then you've got um the origin story of the Reese's Pieces which is from E.T. that's right because Steven Spielberg asked M&M's if he could use them in the film and they said no and so then he approached another candy company and they said Sure, it'll be free advertising. So not only thank you, Steven Spielberg, for E.T., thank you for inspiring the candy company Reese's to make Reese's Pieces. Yes. And that is also a hot debate and a hot topic of whether it's Reese's Pieces or is it Reese's Reese Pieces? Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. No, it's Reese's Pieces. Doesn't have to rhyme. A Reese's peanut butter cup is a Reese's peanut cu- butter cup. There, you don't change the tone, the the um, accente on the word just because you added a new word. Oh God! The wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yes. God. 
Now, Kira, I feel like we've been going on a long time. And so to get us more towards um, ringing the doorbell and collecting our candy, I think we should talk about... How do you like, do you, do you get the tiny lantern or a pillowcase? Oh my God. That's a good one. No, that's not what I was going to say, but let's talk about it. I say, gosh. So I say you go with the plastic jack-o'-lantern. You cannot go wrong. It's, it's what you do. It's what it was invented for. It's invented for you to... Instead it's the of perfect size. A small child to can... the when it is loaded to full capacity, <laughs> you can, you can with... still you, you can spin it, and it's not going to be too heavy, you know. And the the shape of it is perfect. They're not going to fall out. It's perfectly designed. It's because and, it's and, designed by nature. It's yeah, a gourd. That's, it's a hollowed out gourd. That's right, and. When the person, when you hold out your bucket and the person drops, not places it into the the bucket. The sound is so satisfying. Oh, the velocity and then the impact of the thud in your plastic bucket, man. And you know what? Even the drop, the candy's going to survive and not get dented. Yeah. So, I mean... Have I feel as though they sell the jack o' lanterns at the dollar store, and there's different sizes. There's different colors, colors now. Yeah, I have a Batman. I have a Batman head. Which <clears throat> fun fact: when I was Batgirl, um, I actually bought a Batman shaped jack o' lantern candy bucket so i could carry around batman's severed head yeah it was awesome it was awesome and it also (laughs) counted as a as a purse yeah so i would say no to the pillowcase the pillowcase is too big i fit in when it gets heavy you're having to grip it and we all know when you try to carry your groceries from the car to the front door and you're like no i can make it in one trip and it cuts off the circulation <laughs> to your hand. It's, Imagine doing that all night and it, you're having to switch, you're having to throw the sack over your shoulder. And I feel as though, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel as though that is such a quote in, from our generation, our era, that was such a boy. Yeah, because it was kind of like a hobo's bindle almost. It was like, and they could. Twist, twist it, and the more candy they had, they yes, they used it as a weapon. But to then you're smack crushing your own candy. It's so dumb. But again, that is Heather and, and maybe, I's generation. And maybe certain older boys are like, "Oh, a jack-o'-lantern is like a purse," which no, it's not. When you get home at night after you get all your candy, and you get to sort your candy, <clears> it's <throat> it's like Christmas morning. You get to trade candy. You get to find out the dip. There might be new candy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be candy where you're like, this is gross. Here, mom and dad. You, there's even like candy drives that we used to do at school. And some people would divide their candy in half or they would divide. This is the crap candy that I don't want. And but I'm going to somebody keep might big- love that candy. Right. 
And also, I will say that our house is not a popular trick-or-treat spot because we don't have a lot of young kids and we live on a busy street. So we're lucky from year to year if we get a handful of of trick-or-treaters. And guess what? They get handfuls of candy because we only buy the candy that we want to eat because 90% of the candy does not get given away. Now, I will also say there are different ways for you to, one, distribute candy. And and there's a certain etiquette about trick-or-treating. Now, if someone leaves a bowl on the porch, I feel as though it back in our generation, back in our day, and it says, please take one, you would take the, the if there's a variety, you would take the candy. You're like, oh, okay, and that would be the candy that I would eat right then and there and other people would pick up the whole bowl and dump it into their their pillow sack or into their bowl and i don't think that's cool i th- i feel like stealing the entire bowl of candy that's a pillow sack person <laughs> that's not a jack-o'-lantern bucket style no! no no and you know what i will be honest that I will, again, reference back to the beginning of this podcast about choice and effort into your costume. You know? Which, by the way, a pillow sack is not going to go with any costume. Unless you're a hobo. Right? But then, right? Yeah, but then but the jack-o'-lantern goes with every costume it's because Halloween. it's Halloween. It's not part of your costume. It's part of the event. Speaking of jack-o'-lanterns, I think it's important to tell people, how do you get your pumpkin? Heather and I last year did a tutorial tutorial on how does one get a pumpkin, especially in Southern California, whether you go to Bates Nut Farm, you go to an actual pumpkin patch, or you could go down to your local grocery store. And go into the giant cardboard bin or the small pumpkin patch and hails bales of hay that have been set up. Surrounded by chain link fence. Which is fine. You got to protect the pumpkins from getting run over, you know, in the parking lot. And I think that's fine. And you you pay by, by weight, whether it's like... 12 or 15 cents per ounce and and that's fine get one with a big stem has a nice smooth face or maybe you know maybe maybe, you want one that has bumpies on it yeah it adds to the character of the spooky right and and i would say you could buy the stencil pack with the actual pumpkin carving tools yeah or you could print out a stencil or you could print out a black and white outline and then you safety pin or not safety pin you push you could, pin you could use a safety pin i think it, it's it's more you could efficient un- to use a thumbtack or you could unbend uh paper clips yeah you could stab it in and then you do the little dots and then you draw the outline with a sharpie or with a marker and then, you know, find a place, either outside, a nice sturdy table, and uh, scoop out the innards, and... 
two separate bowls, one for the guts and one for the seeds, if you want to bake up the seeds. Make sure Heather's not around. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe put on a, a not-so-scary movie. Or you could put on a Halloween playlist. If you go to our Instagram, we have posted our pick for the ultimate Halloween playlist. Uh, we've got quite a list. It's in alphabetical order. And you should be able to find um, all of these songs on your streaming device of choice. Or you could put on a family, kid-friendly, Halloween-themed... Oh, The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, is amazing. Or Halloween Town, that used to be... I've never seen that oh, movie. Oh, how is that possible? Is that with Debbie Reynolds? Yes! No, never seen it. Oh, man. Or The, the Sanderson Sisters? Oh, Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Which, some, I, I always enjoyed it. I don't understand the cult status it's that a, it has achieved. It has Bette Midler, how? SJP, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Najimy. Are there the trio? Zachary Binks. Yeah. Do you know? So, obviously, in the movie, there is a boy actor who plays the living, old-timey, uh, Zachary Binks when he was alive before he was cursed and turned into a cat that actor is not the voice of Zachary Binks the cat do you know who the voice actor is of Zachary Binks the cat isn't it Max yeah Max from Goof Troop and also from Step by Step and also from Full House love him so much and again Halloween is not for everybody, and that's okay. But I feel as though even if you're not the biggest fan of Halloween, you could still have a way to have a good time, whether that's dressing up, food, or drinks, or yeah, films. There's so, so many crafty food things you can do. Um, there's, I mean, go online and there's just a billion different tutorials of making like spooky little cupcakes or um, cakes, cookies. cookies. You can make spooky pigs in a blanket with hot dogs. Oh, yeah, the mummy dogs. Yeah. They're so cute, and they're good. I mean, you use mustard to make a little dots. For dots the eyeballs. The eyeballs. It's Great. cute. I feel as though now that we're officially, quote, in the holiday season, that Halloween kicks off. The holiday season i feel as though we all right now have something to look forward to and a way to kind of enjoy and even though it might not be in the same capacity that we used to you could still have a good time sure <laughs> i think that i might dress up in my halloween costume and sit on the couch and and put on a fun movie because i know i've got teen wolf i know i've got hocus pocus yeah i know we have the entire series of Grimm. Well, wouldn't that be spooktacular? Yes. You guys, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been I'm Not Complaining. I'm just asking. <laughs>